Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at bellford.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless, this is the 5G America's been waiting for. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth. Summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and order yours today. Buy OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Buy M-Drive. You're not too old. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by nchc.tv and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams, home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. You are listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly live. All right. Welcome in hockey fans, college hockey fans, as it may be. This is College Hockey Southwest Live, our Tuesday night show presented by our friends at Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from the 24th floor of the Rio Hotel in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. My co-host, Paul Hornstein from that palatial estate they call Long Island, New York. And uh, he's probably just got the Islanders game on and cheering them on to another victory. Paul, how are you? I'll let you know when they get to the victory part. (laughs) because <laughs> it, it ain't there yet okay. about halfway through and it's 1-1 so uh, just I mean checking. I'll take it I'll take just it checking. I mean I'm not complaining um, <laughs> the Islanders got a, a break on a penalty call from the officials uh, for goaltender interference uh, it was not goaltender interference the Islander defenseman pushed the Tampa Bay player into Varlamov but uh I'll take it. I'm not going <laughs> to complain about it at all because it ended up with a Brock Nelson power play goal. So, uh, all right, you know, there you go. I there will you go. Uh, take that. Get, that. get that little Minnesota dig in there. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm you well. well I, have I think Tampa you well, Bay just took the lead, but it's not a not a dig. <laughs> it's a Eddie Christian shout out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, as you know, I saw the Vegas Golden Knights and the Canadians last night, and I watched the Canadians throw everything that they had at the Golden Knights for a period and a half and then just ran out of gas. And the Golden Knights just sat back and said, okay, uh, we've seen your bunches now. Now we'll just uh, methodically put you away. And they did. Um, it, it, it's the Canadians are overmatched. Let's just be honest. They 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 shouldn't have probably made it this far. Um, they were barely going to make the playoffs if it had not been for the insertion of Cole Caulfield. And I'll go to my grave with that one. Um, I also will say that the uh, the two games, two series that they won to get there, um, they played good hockey. They deserved to get there, but come on, really. Um, the Maple Leafs, the way they were playing, and then 
the Jets, and then of course when the Jets uh, lose Shifley, um, yeah, there, there were a lot of teams that could have beaten those two. So now they're running into it. They're seeing what it's like. Um, even Cole Caulfield said after the game last night, it was uh, weird to uh, hear 18,000 screaming fans because he hasn't heard that <laughs> as a professional yet. So Yeah, well, people haven't heard that in a while. So Yeah, so that that's the way that goes. Game two will be tomorrow. Um, I will be in attendance, I hope. I will wait and see for my credential tonight, but – um, I can tell you it was packed in the in the press box, people from everywhere. Um, somebody from the a radio uh, station in the Czech Republic was next really? to me. Um, there were other uh, media outlets everywhere. So, I mean, we were just jam-packed. Um, there was a point, Paul, where the, the section that I'm sitting in uh, felt like it might be shaking enough to where it could let go at some point. So <laughs> let's hope that the fire marshal's done a good job with the number count in there and make sure that that's not going to happen. But it was pretty freaky. Okay, uh, on to college hockey. Uh, tonight we've got the czar. We've got Frank Saratori, the head coach at Air Force, and the uh, uh, amply named czar of hockey, as we say, right? Yeah. Um, we're going to bring Frank on. We're going to talk everything hockey. We're going to talk about what it's been like this summer, uh, not only for him. We're going to talk about the end of the season. We're going to talk about the uh, national tournament. I mean, we've got so much to talk to Frank about that yeah, uh, we, may, I mean, we may run over before it starts. This has been a crazy offseason in college hockey. Um, it has been a lot of ups and downs and and, and weird happenings and um, – you know, and you throw in everything with the transfer portal, which doesn't really affect uh, Air Force too much. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, Frank, Frank's in a different situation, right? Because that doesn't really affect him, and the players he goes and gets have to be committed to uh, serving their country when they're done. Um, so, Well, yeah, because – and not only that, you know, like most schools. I mean, Bowling Green and, and, and I can't remember the other school – is losing players because they don't have a master's programs. Uh, yeah, and then then you have guys, guys like Jackson Castor. Next- you have guys like Jackson Castor that are going like, yeah, I'm not sure if I have an extra year or two years. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I'm Frank just going to go have play to hockey. Deal with any of that. Frank doesn't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> exactly. But the other thing with Frank is being a Minnesota guy. Um, I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about with uh, Rico Blasi coming in at St. Thomas and. And I'm sure he's very proud of the fact that uh, Minnesota now has six NCAA Division One teams. So we'll get his feel on that. We'll get his feel on um, just how different it's going to be to have a regular, quote, season, hopefully, this year. So um, lots of stuff to talk about. We'll have Frank on in about, oh, 10 minutes or so, eight minutes or so. In the meantime, um, this Robert Morris stuff it just keeps hanging out there. Now everybody's gone silent, right, Paul? Well, yeah, sort of. Uh, the Pittsburgh Tribune had a story, at least on their website. I haven't, didn't see a physical paper. Uh, they are not getting any response uh, from the university at all. Uh, the CEO of Black Bear Sports, we, we mentioned him last week, Murray Gunty, uh, has you know basically reached out to the school and has gotten no response at all from them. Uh, he's even gotten to the point where they're trying to make sure that the area has a D one program reached out to the university of Pittsburgh. And they said, no way, uh, at least according to the story and, uh, Duquesne university, which is actually right by, I believe, uh, PPG paints arena 
said, I mean, it's, we're not going to say no, but we're not really interested. Um, and I think the story also mentioned well, that they asked well, let me tell you who is interested. they wanted to jump up. Let me tell you who is interested. Robert Morris University, the players, the coaches, the fan support. Everybody at Robert Morris is interested in being a D1 program. To me, it sounds like there's a very small number, less than a handful of people that don't want it. And unfortunately, yeah, the problem is those are the guys that make the decision. Exactly. That's just exactly what I was going to say. So, you know, I if mean, for, I, I, I give them a lot of credit for going out and looking, because I agree with them. There, there does need to be an NCAA foothold in that region. Um, and I give them credit for going out and looking for those other teams. But that that's not easy to do, to, to go find another team, especially when you have one that just up and pulled out. I mean, what do you think the other presidents of these universities are saying? Oh boy, Robert Morris pulled out. There must be something we don't know about. Yeah, we're not well, jumping into that. You know, here's the thing, though, and uh, the fact of the matter is, it does make a difference because, you know, had Greg Powers won his national championship a couple of years earlier, and those events happened in the same order, so to speak. Uh, when there was a different athletic director, there'd be no NCAA program at ASU either, because the previous athletic director wanted was steadfast against it; had no interest. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand, and that's uh... so it, it it makes a difference. And this was not uh, the athletic directors doing; this was the president of the university's doing. Exactly. Um, and supposedly one specific uh, Board of Regents member who, shall we say, preferred basketball. Yeah, I'm just uh, – so. yeah, okay, let's leave it at that. Let's take uh, a quick break here from a couple of our partners, and then uh, we'll get a music break in as I connect uh, both you and Frank in the next uh, five minutes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on NCHC.TV. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. 
from the breakfast burrito served all day to combination plates for lunch. Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. All right, friends, take just a few minutes to listen to our friends from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers as uh, we connect with uh, the head coach at Air Force, Frank Serratori, in about two minutes. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Uh, as our connection to uh, Frank Serratori is going to take us about another five, ten minutes or so. Uh, Scott Strandy back with you here on College Hockey Southwest Weekly, our Tuesday night show where we talk NCAA hockey. My co-host, Paul Hornstein. Uh, I don't know if Paul, Paul, are you back with me? Uh, Paul is still waiting to find out if we're going to get coach or not as we do a three-way hookup. So uh, as we wait for... Uh, uh, for a coach to uh, give me a call back and clear his schedule a little bit, um, which we always appreciate because, uh, hey, you know what? He's got way more important things to do. Um, so we will wait for uh, for Frank Serratori. Uh, and at the same time, we will wait for my co-host to jump back on for a few minutes, and then we'll, uh, we'll take it from there. So um, right now, uh, it, I am in Las Vegas, Nevada, folks. It's 117 degrees. Um, so we are uh, dealing with severe heat out here. Uh, imagine being a Montreal Canadian or a Montreal Canadian fan coming in from from somewhere other than the Southwest and having to deal with uh, 117, 115, whatever it may be uh, out here in Vegas. It's uh, it, it can be demoralizing. There's no doubt about it. So um, we're uh, we're dealing with it. We're getting through it. NCAA hockey can conti- or uh, a- 
<laughs> Easy for me to say, the professional talker said. Uh, NHL hockey continues in the playoff run here in the Southwest. Uh, things are also wrapping up in the uh, ECHL. Uh, our friends down at uh, Allen, Texas are uh, looking to uh, advance one more round and get into that uh, uh, cup, uh, Kelly Club uh, championship. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on them as well. And then, of course, next month, a little later than usual, about one month later than usual, we'll see the um, the uh, uh, NHL draft coming, and we'll see a lot of NCAA players uh, that will be up for the draft. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll wait and see what happens on that. A lot of talented players. I think Owen Power is uh, the guy that we're expecting to be the number one overall draft pick, the uh, Michigan freshman last year and uh, last year was hard to tell just how those guys did because it, everything was really a mess for them so um, no, they could have three people picked in the first 10 in the first 10 picks scott yeah no i'm saying it was hard to to, to really get a feel for them though paul because uh they didn't play a regular season right so i mean uh we know their talent level there's no doubt about that but you couldn't really tell how good they could be at the ncaa level on such a crazy year well, no, but like Owen Power was very important to Team Canada coming back and winning uh, the gold medal at the World Championships. Uh, Maddie Berniers, uh, the World Junior Championships, and, and and Johnson, one of their other freshmen last year. These guys are all expected to be taken in the top ten. So, oh, no, uh, no doubt about that, Paul. That's not my point. My point was that we didn't get to see them really perform at the NCAA level. Um, yeah. All the way through in a regular year. I mean, let's talk about Michigan and the fact that they, they, they didn't even get a chance to play a regional game. Yeah, but they did get to play, unlike a lot of the junior players who did not get to play and have not been scouted in a game situation in over a year. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's a great point. There's no doubt about that. But um, I guess I would like to have seen what uh, the potential was to see them get into the tournament, play the tournament. They got into the tournament. They just weren't able to play it. So yeah, uh, well, it is what it is, I guess, as they say. So we'll look forward to that. That coming up, uh, the two, expansion draft on the 21st of July. Right. And then two the notes. 24th. Yes. Because I know we're waiting for Coach Territory, and uh, he had a, a delay. Um, Brett Larson signs a seven-year contract extension at St. Cloud. Well-deserved. Yeah. And um, – we spoke to him a few a few weeks ago, but uh, Anchorage coach Matt Curley has resigned, and I don't know what that means. Uh, they're not at the the three million dollar fundraising mark, I guess yet, according to uh, the online stories. Uh, I'm trying to find out uh, from other folks what if I if, if if there's anything we should be reading in between the lines about or. What have you? It just to, to me, it seemed like an odd time for this to happen. Yeah, I guess but, I would say I would say to that, um, yeah. Especially we, since, go ahead. Especially since the the, the fundraising deadline's the end of August, basically. Yeah, and well, well, either either I would say if you're going to read between the lines, is that either there was handwriting on the wall that said we're not going to get there, um, or there was a better opportunity that came along. I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's an opportunity that he couldn't pass up. Who knows? I, I don't, I don't know. And I don't want to speculate, 
and I'm trying to get a better feel for it. Hopefully by Sunday, we'll have a, a better feel for it um, for for uh, College Hockey Southwest Live. Uh, we'll see. So, well, one thing also, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Cole Caulfield is a real deal. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Oh, that that kid can play the game. There's no doubt about it. And oh, for uh, sure. You know, you just watch hockey players. Like the goal he scored, the only goal scored by the Canadians last night, um, was one that uh, it takes hockey sense to to get into that position again and be ready to to shoot that. I mean, he keep in mind Alex Petrangelo was the guy that was going was supposed to be defending him. And, goal uh, scorers are goal scorers, Scott, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, well, but but in order to they be a find goal ways, score, you got to find the spot. Right. You well, they find, find ways spot. to find that spot. They find ways. It's just, they just find ways. But I'll tell you, it's impressive when you're a, oh, for uh, sure. a rookie and you do it against a, a, oh, a for veteran sure. like Alex Petrangelo. So uh, congratulations doubt. to Cole Caulfield. He's uh, he's making Without people stand up and take notes. I mean, uh, you look around now, the, the, the people that follow NHL hockey and don't really follow NCAA hockey. They're going like, where did this kid come from? And I'm going like, hey, you know, I must have three people ask me that yesterday. You know anything about this kid coming in? I'm going like, serious, dude? You, <laughs> you have no idea? But that, but that's also, Paul, uh, a couple of games ago when I was uh, here for the uh, Avalanche game and one of the media guys for the Avalanche rode up the elevator with me and he said, God, I hope it ends tonight. I'm really getting tired of this travel. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, okay. Really? You only went through two, you only went through two series. And now, and now you're tired, and you don't want your team Stop. to win anymore because you're tired. Oh Stop. man! And then, and then to say it publicly, why? I I don't I I can't I don't even want to get. I mean, I can't. It it it's stupid. That's all. It's just stupid. Um, totally it's just dumb. Yep. You know. I totally and, agree with you. And Caulfield went fifteenth. So. Yeah, in, a, in, 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 a, in a league where goal scoring is at a premium, I know, I know, um, I know, I know. And he's wearing, and he's wearing twenty-two. Yeah, imagine that. What Just other like goal another. That? Uh, that was also a fifteenth pick in the first round. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. That one, yeah. Won uh, four Bobby. cups. <laughs> Won four cups. Got four pieces of jewelry, and exactly. uh, you know, okay, scored I've got fifty Frank. goals in fifty games. I hate to interrupt you, but I got Frank coming on right now, so right. I will connect him, then you. All I'll right. be right back, folks. I believe we have the head coach at the Air Force Academy, Frank Saratori, with us, along with uh, my co-host, Paul Hornstein, out of Long Island, New York. Scott Strandy with you from not Scottsdale, Arizona today, but from the 24th floor of the Rio Hotel in Vegas. So, Frank, Scott, and Paul with you. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I, like, I am uh, personally 
Uh, we call it coaches held hostage. We are in the middle of our uh, of our summer camps, and um, so I am still at the rink. Um, we got a really. We actually filled up. Uh, uh, we we filled. Uh, we've done our camps are fantastic, and uh, um, but if you're looking for a, 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 a young man, a young uh, man or woman, boy or girl looking for a, a place to go in the summer for a, have a great camp experience, our our camps are fantastic here at the Air Force Academy. They got hockey camps, basketball camps, tennis, you name it, soccer, lacrosse. Uh, we've got them all, and it's like. It's like a kids fest, but uh, it's a lot of work, but it's a, it's a lot of fun and there's a, it, it's a great energy. So, so June is kind of a sports camp month for us. And uh, we, like I said, we jokingly, the coaches, we call it uh, coaches held hostage, but, uh, but we enjoy it guys. We enjoy it. Yeah. Coach, do the, do the kids when they first come out onto the ice, get a little bug eyed and big eyed, for the, especially the, the kids that are on a rink like that for the first time? Well, I, I think, you know, Paul, it's the entire academy, the whole presentation and the aura of the academy. When they, when you drive on and you come up and and uh, you see the buildings and the iconic chapel and and uh, and, and those types of things. And uh, um, no, it is fun. I mean, and uh, let's face it, most uh, in in hey, we don't have our rink is not Engelstad Arena, but it's pretty nice. And uh, <laughs> hey, that's okay. It, yeah, it, it's pretty nice. And. Uh, and, and let's see, you know, let's face it, most of these kids, um, you know, skate in, in, in small city ranks with limited seating and that type of thing. So, yeah, it is cool to bring them in and they get to see all, you know, the not just, the, you know, uh, our building, but, the you know, the, the banners, the championship banners and the All-Americans and the championship rings. We've got all that displayed. And uh, so really, I think, uh, yeah, uh, you know, all that contributes to it. It makes a. Uh, quite an impression i think that's where you know the benefit of summer camps in every campus it gives you the opportunity to get uh, kids on on your campus and 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 uh you know and make an impression and uh as you know you only get one chance to make one good first impression and um, generally uh somebody that's visiting the air force academy uh it's pretty easy for us to to uh to give off a, a good first impression well frank i don't doubt i don't doubt that coach i i, I being in new york most of my life, not all of it, but most of it. Uh, I've been up to West Point, so I can only imagine um, what it must be like uh, in Colorado Springs up there at the Air Force Academy. And um, if, if, if it's anywhere near the same, and I would imagine it is, uh, with different sight lines, uh, it must be awesome just to, to, to step on the campus. Well, I think, you know, to be honest with you, like I've been to all three uh, well, three of the service academies. I've been to the Coast Guard Academy, but I've been to to uh, West Point. And I've been uh, to the Naval Academy, and of course, you know, uh, here. Um, and uh, uh, all all of the three of the academies, they are. If you ever have an opportunity, it, it should be on on your. If you're a historian, it should be on your bucket list to visit all three academies. And and what's interesting is they are all like so different uh geographically right. where they're located uh they like they just so all three are so different um from one another but but also so iconic in their own way you know um you know navy and uh you know in the in the waters and the bays there and uh, where they're located and and um uh the west point up on on the mountain uh, the, our guys call it uh you know what's a uh, I, I should know this uh 
uh, Harry, uh, Harry uh, Potter, what do they call it, Hogs, uh, Hogwarts? Hogwarts, yeah, that's what yeah. The, our guys call it. And, uh, but uh, it, it's cool with, the, you know, the, you know, their architecture. And then you come out here in, in the Air Force Academy, and we're, I mean, we're built right into the, the base of the Rocky Mountains. And, uh, and uh, like I said, I, I, I really think that all three academies are, are just iconically beautiful in their in in their in their own way. So different, uh, uh, but but so uh, you know, obviously they're all academies and they just so different, uh, you know, geographic, you know, they're you know geographically and that type of thing, and uh, and where they're located and and uh, and architecturally, but but uh, just all of them so very cool. Frank and and I can vouch for that because I felt like a little kid when. When you got me on to uh, to do the feature up there a couple of months ago, uh, I was hoping it was going to be with you, but but uh, you being a little bit under the weather, Andy did a fantastic job, and Ben, right? Ben is who got me on the uh, in the is that right, Ben? Uh, you're Ben Kenny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah. ben gave me yeah. in, so <laughs> thanks yeah, no, again no, for no, that you opportunity. Hit a home run on that one, and also <laughs> like I, you know, uh, I sh- you know I, I cracked the door open and let you do that interview with Andy, and he did. I now now I'm now everybody's asking for Andy instead of me. I got yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 be, I become Wally Pep, you know. Oh baby. Uh, yeah, that was good. But but Andy Andy and I go way back, so uh, that was okay. I, it was it was a fun interview and fun to visit with him. And I've had several people, Frank, already ask me uh, about the academy and about your new your new uh, remodel job because. Tell us about that and how important that is for you guys, uh, especially in this day and age. Well, I mean, we, you know, you have your own facility. And one thing that I've always, you know, uh, uh, been a, a, a big believer in is, uh, you know, when when you have uh, when you have your own facility, you know, that that facility facility needs to become a a monument to your to your program. And it needs to end up. Uh, like when you walk in, in in our rink, like we have all of our uh, tradition displayed, and and you can do that. And uh, I think that those are the coolest things about about uh, uh, college ranks and the things that you can do to you know individualize your locker room and and to decorate your rank. But it 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 needs to be like these uh, when you have your own facility. It it uh, I'm searching for the word, but uh, it it needs to it, it needs to be something that you you can showcase your program. And, and um, I think we've done a good job with that. And, and uh, uh, most, most schools have that, that, that have their own building. Hey, I have, I have guys coming in here, pros coming in all the time and they go, my God, this is nicer than our <laughs> AHL rank. This is, or this is ni- locker rooms nicer than our, this locker room is nicer than our AHL locker room. It's nicer than our NHL locker room. But, you know, keep in mind, you know, if, when those professional teams, um, they're playing in buildings that, that they don't they don't necessarily own you know uh, right. uh they're tenants in those buildings um but uh um but i think you know that that's the cool thing about you know uh collegiate uh, facilities everywhere I, lo- I love walking in and walking around and and the schools that just do a, a good uh, a great job of of uh of displaying their tradition and that's what we've what we've uh what we've tried to do here and i think we have done it and uh I, I, it looks pretty darn good yeah, I totally agree. I've already marked my calendar to get up there to see some of your games this year because uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the crowd and the environment because everything Andy told me is it's exciting and 
you know, just that, that distance it is from your, your rink to your locker room. Uh, what is it? 50 feet. And you see that big oh, no, AF coming oh, at you oh, <laughs> from, from the rink to our locker room. Yeah. Maybe 15 feet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. I, I can't wait to get up there. So congratulations on the remodel as, uh, as we've talked in the past, uh, this has been a really crazy, bizarre, uh, 15 months of, uh, of life for everybody, but it, it really, um, impacted college hockey. And, uh, since I talked to you last, I made the trip over. I, I guess I had just come back from the uh, Frozen Four, but it was so weird, Frank, to uh, to watch uh, the Frozen Four being played with limited fans and spaced around the building. But um, just how proud are you to be a, a college hockey coach when you see what the NCAA was able to pull off? And I think you got a great champion in UMass. Um, well, I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, uh, UMass um, – when you look with the, at what they did in the in the tournament, um, uh, their only close game, I, I, and I'm just paraphrasing me right now, but uh, I believe they outscored in the four games that they played in the NCAA tournament. I think they outscored their opponents like I think it was like 16 or 17 to three or four. I mean, uh, right. um, uh, uh, and and so when you look at that, and the only game that was close was with Duluth, and of course. You know, Duluth is not a fun team to play against, and uh, Scotty uh, does a great job there, and they're always a difficult team to play against. But but they also played without uh, two of their best players, one being their goalie in that game, you know, and then, and they still found a way to uh, to knock off uh, the defending champion, Duluth, uh, Minnesota Duluth. Uh, so there's no question that uh, they were at that time of year, and, and again, they – they, when you when you go in and you dominate when you go into the NCAA tournament, generally speaking, I mean every game is three to two, four to three. Uh, you know if you win by 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 two goals, that's a you know that's kind of a, a stretch. And uh, uh, but they they gapped in those four games. I I you know and again I don't have the information in front of you, but I think it was like they both scored their opponents sixteen to four or so, something crazy like that. So there's no disputing that 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 they were that they were the best team, you know, in, in regards to the uh, NCAA pulling it off. I mean, well, they pulled off a lot of things. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, and, and, and to be honest with you, I think, you know, they should have, I'm not going to, I'm sorry here, but I'm not going to give the NCAA a bunch of credit for doing what they're supposed <laughs> to do. Um, you know, um, it, it, it's a damn shame that, that, that we, that, that they couldn't have had uh, more fans uh, in those buildings. And, and uh, you know, to me, uh, to me, like, I, to be honest with you, I, I'm over it. I don't really don't want to get into it and talk about it because I have all my, my own personal opinions, but I'm just glad to see us getting back to a, a, a sense of normalcy. Um, I, it, it's, it's just watching those games in Las Vegas just, uh, it makes, uh, gives me goosebumps. And, uh, I feel bad watching when I was watching the games in Canada and they, they've got their rules up there, but there's nobody in the stands there. And, and, uh, you know, I just, to me, uh, just getting back to, to to the way things were, and maybe things are never going to be totally the way they were. Um, but um, you know, to me, you know, um, if uh, you know, if you don't feel safe going uh, to the uh, T-Mobile Center in Las Vegas to a game, then don't go, um, because I'll guarantee you, uh, some you'll uh, you'll find somebody to take your tickets um, yeah. uh, right now. And uh, I just love uh, this part of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, you know these guys uh, just—it's uh, the these are the greatest players in the world, and the, and fast and strong and, and tough, and uh, you know 
elite in, in every way, shape, and form. I, you know, I, I guess I'm a little biased, but uh, to me, there's nothing in sports like the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, uh, and actually, it just reminds me, like, we, we do have to get through this uh, interview pretty quick so we can all get back and, and uh, watch the rest of the Islanders and the Lightning. <laughs> well, I'm watching it while we talk, Coach Soto. <laughs> you, are you are you cheating? <laughs> I am cheating. Hey, listen, <laughs> I, I remember watching this team with Jerry Desjardins as a goalie. So uh, uh, I go, I, I go back to, to a, what a what an interesting uh, uh, little tidbit that they hadn't uh, won a game in in, in 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 this round since 1983. I mean, my yep. lord! And uh, you know, they had that dominant that dynasty where they won it four years in a row with Bossy and, and Trotchy and Potvin and you know and Billy Smith and but they, they were. It's fantastic, but then uh, it uh, you know you you forget uh, where they've it dried they, up. Uh, yeah, it dried up for a long time, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then and then you got uh, you got you bring in. Uh, it's interesting. Some of these guys, you got to be good, but you you got to be a little lucky, but you got to be good. And I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Lou Lamarulo has been good his whole career uh, at the pro level, and and uh, Barry Trotz is a, is one sharp operator um, as a coach. So you. You know, you got a couple guys there, you know, at the top, and uh, it's interesting. You, you get a couple of guy, uh, great operators like that, and uh, and your fortunes can change in a quick hurry. And it did. It did. You know, I mean, so, yes, I'm cheating. I have the game on. And, you know, just like Scott was, was at the Golden Knights game last night, uh, there is nothing better than the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, and I don't care what anybody says. Uh there's, there's nothing is more intense and nothing is more uh, long term. It's just two months of this. This is not something that's one and done. This is not uh, anything where uh, you're sitting there and it's like these guys are beat up and they're get beat up from the first series, let alone three and four series. So no, it's a marathon. And, and, and at that level with the, those players how fast they are and how strong they are playing on a on a, on a 200 by by 85 i mean like it's uh it's it's like a heavyweight fight and you know um if if you let up like if you let up for one second the other team's going to get a scoring chance if you're not precisely in your shot lane a puck is going to go through the net that that can possibly go in and decide the game i mean yeah. you just uh like you can't take anything for granted it's 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 pure intensity um, for 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 sixty minutes or whatever it takes every night, and like you said, for almost a two month period. Um, no, it, it, like uh, it's fantastic, and uh, now you get into these rounds and the matchups get interesting, and and also the other thing when you know obviously if you make the playoffs, you you're you have you're going in with some confidence, and I think in hockey too the parity, like in hockey in the NHL. You know, like you know, in the NBA, you know, it's you're it's you're not going to have a a team that a four seed that's that's going to win the NBA championship. But like, nope. it's a, I mean, there's a, there's only you know you're going to pick three teams that have maybe have a chance to win it, and one of those three are going to win it. And uh, yeah, um, in in hockey, it's not that way. Like, I've nope. many many four seeds um, have have uh, have won the, uh, the won the Stanley Cup and. And uh, so the parity and, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, what you did during the regular season, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. It, it's you know, who's the best team right now. And also, 
you know, you know, uh, being able to stay healthy. Uh, and so, you know, you're in this marathon and, uh, and you got to keep, you got to keep the right guys healthy as well. And, uh, but you get to these rounds now where there's four teams left, all of them are feeling really good about themselves for what they've accomplished to get to this point. So you've got four teams that all believe in their heart. They all believe in their heart that they can win the Stanley cup and, uh, and they're playing with confidence and ferocity and, uh, no, there's nothing like it. So Frank, I, w- I wanted to ask you this, uh, cause I know we got to get back to that game, but <laughs> I wanted to ask you this, uh, since we talked to you last, uh, St. Thomas has got Rico Blasi on board and now, uh, the great state of Minnesota now has six NCAA division one hockey programs. Just your thoughts on that. Did you think, uh, growing up where you did up in Northern Minnesota, that at some point there'd be six NCAA division one teams in that state? Well, you know, I, I guess I'm, you know, I never really thought about it globally. And when you're a kid like that, you just, things are the way they are. And, and keep in mind, when I was a kid, there was only two, there was only two <laughs> division one programs in the state, uh, uh, Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth. Um, St. Cloud was a, a division two school. Mankato was a division two school. Bemidji State was a two division two and sometimes division three school. St. Thomas was a Division three school, and uh, it's just the way it was. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, obviously they, uh, uh, St. Cloud uh, made the move and Mankato made the move, then Bemidji, and, and uh, now St. Cloud and, and I mean, uh, St. Thomas. And, and when you think about it, like, uh, I, I, you know, back in the day, back in those days, uh, when I, I went to school, I went to school at Western Michigan. And then, and I did, I remember thinking about it when I was at Western Michigan. I'm going like, Okay, you got you got uh, Michigan, you got the big Wolverines, and you got the big bad Spartans in East Lansing, but you also have Lake Superior State, you have Northern Michigan, you have Michigan Tech. These are small <laughs> small schools. You have Ferris State, you have Western Michigan. Like all have Division One hockey, and, and and that kind of the light bulb went off in my head. Okay, you know the big the big U of M's got it, and uh, you know and Duluth has it, but. You know, if you know, when you think about it, Michigan was was way ahead of their time Absolutely. with all those schools being Division One, and uh, Minnesota was, you know, uh, they chased it uh, for a long time. It's a, it's surprising that it 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 took, uh, you know, it took those institutions in the state of hockey that long to figure out that they should be playing at the highest level collegiately. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, So that leads me to my next question. We look at some of the struggles that are going on right now. Paul and I have been talking for about a month or more about the situation at RMU and, uh, of course, Alaska trying to get back on track and and Huntsville being in that situation where they they get their funding uh, supposedly for a length of time and then they don't have a conference, so they suspend the season. So when you look from abroad, uh, just your thoughts on on all of those things and uh, are they overcomable? I don't know. Uh, I have my doubts, and uh, it, it it bothers me, you know, that college hockey doesn't do more. Um, you know, college hockey always talk about how much they care, um, but then they'll let they'll let these teams uh, die in the vine. They'll let uh, Alaska die in the vine. They'll let uh, Huntsville, you know, Robert Morris, that institutionally decide that they don't want to have hockey anymore. And, uh, you know, how long is Fairbanks going to be able to sustain it if they don't get in a league? You know, how, how long, you know, is, you know, Lindenwood is starting, uh, 
um, Long Island. I mean, unless enough of them get together where they can start their own league. And um, as we discussed before, you know, you know, you know, I guess it is survival of the fittest. And you know, uh, you know, co- college hockey is, is in some ways is, is very tribal, and I'm and they're in the clients are the conferences. And um, to be honest with you, like you know, I'm not convinced that you know that uh, that collectively there's there's a, 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 a huge amount of solidarity. You know, uh, you're you're a member of a conference and. And those conferences stick together. And, the, and this year, with the COVID year, you know, um, you know, everybody kind of did their own thing. Some some conferences played non-conference games. Some played uh, uh, didn't play non-conference games. Uh, uh, the starting dates uh, were different from one conference uh, to another. Um, you know, to me, I I would have liked to have seen college hockey come in and say, hey, you know, we're going to attack this together. We're all going to have the same starting date. We're going to allow, you know, either the first four weeks of the year for non-conference play, and then before we get into our conference play, or or we're not. None of us are going to have any uh, uh, non-conference play, and we're all going to play. I would have just liked to see everybody doing their own, doing the same thing. And on, and you've seen it with the rules. I mean, like uh, yeah. with you know, there's there's conferences that you know before this year, there's conferences that everybody played different overtimes. I right. mean, like uh, you know. How insane and how confusing is that? I mean, we just have a hard time collectively. There's only 60 of us, and there's less than 60 now. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of diversity in terms of institutionally. With We have a lot of Division One institutions. We have some Division Three institutions that, 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 that sponsor hockey at the Division One level. We have many, uh, several Division Two institutions. So, it, it, you know, uh, you know, we're 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 diverse in in, in regards to institutionally. Um, we we've got uh, some Power Five programs, and we've got Division Three programs all playing at the Division One level. And um, like I said, I we don't uh, we don't do a lot of things uh, collectively. It, uh, you know, we we do things uh, as leagues. And uh, you know, I just wish uh, again, I I, I wish that. Uh, there was more uniformity in what we do. And, and, it, and I do, I worry, like, I, it bothers me that, uh, you know, you've got these emerging programs and eventually, eventually you got to get into a conference. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, Arizona state uh, made, made it to the NCAA tournament as an independent because they are Arizona state and they are a power five institution. And it's an attractive place for, for uh, players to go. Um, but uh, I'm not convinced that you're going to see, uh, Alaska Fairbanks or, or Huntsville or Lindenwood or Long Island or whoever else, what other emerging programs? I I'm not convinced you're going to see them have a you know have an opportunity to to uh, get to an NCAA tournament without being a member of a conference and, and having an opportunity to 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 to, uh, to get the automatic qualifier. Frank, I, I want to follow this up quickly, and then I'll let Paul uh, finish up with you. But um, we had Coach Powers on the other day, and, and he was very proud to say that he was having 20 home games and 16 road games this year. And And I asked him how he scheduled and how he was able to do that as a, a, a independent. He said he looked to schedule a third of his games against top-caliber programs. He looked to get a third of his games from middle-of-the-road-in-his-mind programs. And then he looked to get – a third of his games from lower level programs, uh, if that can be used properly. Um, 
so that's how he put his schedule together. So when he was telling us that, and I was seeing some of the teams that he's bringing in and places he's going, I'm going like, how can a place like Huntsville not even come close to that? Any thoughts on how that can happen? Well, I mean, <laughs> Arizona State is an attractive. Uh, yeah, everybody wants attractive. to go there in January. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just with well, then attractive opponent to play. They're a power five opponent. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we're playing AIC. Our fans are going, "Who's AIC?" And when we play Arizona State, nobody says, "Who's Arizona State?" I mean, uh, so I mean, uh, the, you know, he is operating uh, from a position of power that 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 uh, teams like Long Island and and uh, Alabama, Huntsville, uh, Lindenwood. I mean, they're not Arizona State. They're not in the same stratosphere with them. And uh, and as far as him getting home games, uh, you know, and by the way, Powie's a good man. I love him, and uh, he does a great job, and uh, he's one of my favorites. But but uh, I would hope he has a bunch of IOUs in his pocket from what he had to do this year. You know, right? Uh, I mean. I think he does. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, so uh, uh, what they played, uh, 28, 30 road games this year? 28. I mean, so I hope some of those are coming back, for God's sakes. Um, but, uh, no, again, you know, the, uh, the institutional diversity, you know, um, it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot more difficult to pull these things off, you know, at, uh, at, you know, at, at mid major or, or, or smaller institutions. Uh, and, um, you know, a school like, Hey, Arizona state played, uh, played in the big 10. They played all the big 10 teams last year. Correct. They correct, basically yes. played a big 10 schedule on the road. You think the Big Ten would have brought Alabama Huntsville in? You think the Big Ten would have brought brought Lindenwood in? You think the the Big Ten would have brought Long Island in? No, they brought Arizona State in. They brought them in to, for the same reason they added Notre Dame. Nobody's no, there ain't anybody out there is going to say where's Notre Dame? Who's that? You know, um, and um, so no, I don't worry. I'm not worried as long as uh, the the, the uh, institution uh, Arizona State institutionally wants to continue to to uh, sponsor hockey. Uh, I don't worry one bit about Arizona State, and they've got a great operator there uh, with with Polly. Um, but but not all of us, not everybody's Arizona State. I mean, uh, and uh, you know where would hey my alma mater? Where would Bemidji State be if they weren't in a conference? So you know, uh, how long would they be able to to sustain? And uh, you know, uh, that that's the that's going to be uh, the trick here for for these schools institutionally, these, these schools that um, are emerging programs, Long Island, Lindenwood, uh, there's a uh, Utica called me the other day. They're interested in, in going division one, but like uh, they, eventually they better have a plan for a conference. And, uh, you know, Fairbanks is doing their thing up there independently, but how long is that going to be sustainable? And uh, I just don't know. I don't have the answers. I hope, I hope that they find a way. I hope, I hope they make it regardless of, of whether they get into a conference or not. But, uh, but, but I do think to me, the answer is, is there strength in numbers. And then uh, eventually you need to become a part of a conference. You've got guaranteed games at home, guaranteed games on the road, a certain amount of, of balance. Um, you've got a, you've got a, a, a you've got a, a pathway to the NCAA tournament. And uh, uh, if you're, if you're an independent, uh you got an awful uh, tough road to hoe, an awful tough road. Okay, Paul, you got the last one because he's got to watch a game. I want to give the coach <laughs> a few minutes here to talk about his own team. Uh, coach, you had a very inexperienced team last year. Uh, that will not be the case this year. You have just about your whole roster coming back. 
uh, and some experienced goaltending. Uh, how excited are you for your own season? Paul, you know what? You're usually pretty good with your homework. <laughs> and uh, this one, Paul, uh, your homework is a little off. Um, okay. Uh, we have we have one senior this year, uh, uh, Alex Schilling, our goalie. Uh, right. We lost. We lost eight. We lost eight seniors. We lost eight seniors. Um, now uh, we got everybody else coming back, but but we are old school, Paul. We are okay. old school. You know why we're old school? Because we can't. We weren't given. Our guys couldn't take advantage of the fifth year of eligibility. Uh, right. Uh, the two service academies, Army and Air Force. Uh, our play, our seniors graduated. The Ivies have got some limitations as well. Um, I remember I talking to Derek Schooley, and he got upset in the playoffs. And this Robert Morris, obviously, before the before the roof caved in on him. And right. I and I asked as uh, Derek was, you know, obviously disappointed. He got upset by Niagara. And I said, I go, I go. Well, do you like your team? And he goes, Yeah, I love my team. I go, I go. Well, then you're lucky. You could have them all back again next year. And uh, I go, We can't. <laughs> And so, to be honest with you, like every team in college hockey is getting a mulligan, you know, unless their guys, unless they don't want their guys or their guys don't want to come back or they sign pro, everybody in collegiate sports is was given a fifth year. So next year, I mean, there will be a, a large number of 25 and 26-year-old fifth-year seniors. Um, right. And um, like our guys have got to go out and then start and, and, and do their service. Same thing at, at Army. Uh, there's limitations at the uh, with the Ivies. But next year, college hockey is going to be older than it's ever been. Um, you know, right now, junior hockey, uh, you know, it, like this whole deal that the NCAA did by giving these uh, given the matriculating the four kids that were matriculating the four years, giving them all a fifth year, it it's it screwed the kids at the bottom coming in. Um, this year, the oldest players in junior hockey are the 2000 birth years. Well, the second level 2000 birth years of uh, schools, most schools are more concerned with which seniors they're keeping as opposed to which freshmen they're bringing in. Um, these these schools are all sending back their any of their kids that they have. Pretty much that that you know that uh, unless they're blue trippers, uh, if if they've got junior eligibility, they're sending them back to juniors and they're keeping their seniors. So next year, college hockey is going to be old, 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 and uh, the Ivies and the service academies aren't. They, we we have no way to get older. I mean, uh, we're we're matriculating. Our seniors are going on, and um, in our case in particular. Um, we graduated our eight seniors, and um, and we and, and we were young behind them. We were young because we didn't have a junior class. Now our junior class becomes our senior class, and our junior our senior class is Alex Schilling, our goalie. So we are going to be a very young team. Now we do have, in fairness to your comment to start out, we do have a lot of guys that got experience last year, but those players are going to be sophomores and juniors. We only have, like I said, Schilling as a senior. So we are going to be, in regards to college hockey, we are going to be young, young, young in a year where college hockey is old, old, old. All right, I, listen, I, 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 you know, I, I, he said, I'm just looking basically at the roster and who's, who is coming back. Oh, yeah. No, but it, I guess, Mike, you know, I, I was talking to my brother at the Mickey, and um, 
and uh, you know, we were talking. I, I had a, a a player that I I had a player that I uh, that I recommended to him um, uh, that I'd seen in junior a kid that wasn't. Uh, he was a Canadian kid. He wasn't. Uh, we had we need to bring him. So I called him, and he said, Frank. He goes, not only do I not do I not have any scholarship money. I don't have any lockers. He goes, I'm trying to figure out a way. He goes, I just find, obviously we just found out not long ago that our seniors, that everybody's matric gets an extra, gets a fifth year. He goes, four of my, four of my seniors want to, want to come back for a fifth year. So he goes, I'm trying to figure out how I can keep my, my four seniors and what I'm going to do with all the, with the, with the incoming freshmen that I have verbal commits to. It, it's a, uh, uh, so, so it's a, you know, to, as far as college hockey right now, to, to, there's the supply is way more uh, than the demand. Just because, again, uh, you know, other than you know, if you didn't want somebody back to graduate, or or a senior didn't want to come back on their own for some, or they signed to go pro. I mean, like uh, like there is going to be a, a a lot of uh, there's going to be a, a like I said, there's going to be a lot of guys coming back for a fifth year. There's going to be a, a Hey, look at UMass's team. I mean, and all you know, they win the national championship. Hey, that team by the rules, that entire team, and they're going to have some guys leave and some guys sign, but that whole team could come back again if they wanted. You know, that's not the case with us. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Frank. And you know, um, Coach Powers, and we'll let you go on this one. Is that uh, Coach Powers also said that this could be a five year playout because uh, all of these kids have gotten extra years, so it may take five years to completely wash through the system. Your thoughts on that? I, I think he's a hundred percent right. I mean, um, right now this, you know, the blue tip players recruits are always going to get taken care of. The second level two thousands uh, got screwed by this. They got screwed. And uh, there's going to be a lot of kids that would have had an opportunity to play division one hockey, you know, at some level as a, as a walk on or a low money guy that are going to be in division three hockey right now. Um, next year, uh, th- there is going to be an inordinate amount of 2001s. They'll be the oldest group of, of age group in junior hockey next year. And uh, there, there's going to be an inordinate amount of 2001s because the, all these colleges sent their 2001s back because they could to keep their their seniors for a fifth year. So junior hockey is going to be, like I said, is going to be very old. And, and I, I, I agree with Howie that this – you know what they did. It, it's going to take it's going to take several years before before you know it, it, it balances out again. It balance. It just uh, like I say. I, I would. It would not. It's not a good. It's not a good time to be a you know a, a, a good but not great 2000 birth year. It's not a, a. It's not a very good time to be a good but not great 2001 birth year. Um, hey, the great ones always find their way. And uh, and the good ones generally do. Hey, and let's let's add this to the equation, gentlemen. You know, uh, we're, we're, I'm talking about the colleges that are sending players back. Hey, what about Robert Morris uh, closing their program up? What about Alaska closing their program up? Would their best players now get picked up also by other schools, which push out guys, the recruits coming in on the bottom, or the guys at the bottom of the roster? Um, it's uh. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If they, even yeah. if they if they even had time to find a place, right? The way it went right. down, right? Yeah. 
I, I totally agree with you, Frank. I think the, the thing that you said uh, that re- uh, resonates the most with me anyway is strength in numbers, and I really truly believe that college hockey's got to gather up, uh, get these guys together, get more lockers available for these players, and they need to do it sooner rather than later. So thanks for spending some time with us. Get back and see a hockey game if it's still on. And, uh, yeah, no, I feel no, guys. It's always good to talk to you, and uh, – you know, the landscape uh, in college hockey is it's like it's just uh, well, collegiate athletics in general. But the landscape is, uh, yeah, it's uh, like it's uh, it's really volatile right now. And uh, uh, it, it's a it's a it's a scary time when, you know, when, uh, you know, some of the moves that the NCAA uh, made, I think, are, you know, hey, I know why they did it. And they're trying to be fair to the kids that are in school matriculating. But, uh, you know, there's. There's also the, you know, the, the effects of that go much further. And, um, and then when you've got, when you've got programs that are folding because of where they are geographically or because they, they can't, because they can't get into a conference and, uh, no, it, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, Hey, what about, we didn't even get into the transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, no. I mean, what, what's, I the tra- what's what, Hey, what's the transfer portal going to do in, co- in collegiate hockey? You know, well, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, good, pl- the very best players that go on the transfer portal aren't going down the food chain. They're going up nope. the food yeah. chain. And, uh, and, uh, what's that going to create? You know, basically, like I told you, institutionally, uh, hockey is very, division one hockey is very diverse. You've got power five programs. You've got division three programs. Well, you know, well, what's the transfer portal in the long run? What's it going to do? It's going to, yeah, it's going to help some kids find better places, but also it's going to help the, uh, it's going to help the rich get richer. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, uh, um, like I said, uh, the good the good players. Hey, if there's a good player going down the food chain, there's a reason. They, like uh, he's a bad guy, or something's going. There's something that's not right there. Uh, for the most part, you know, the good players, the, the really good players that are are great people. If they're on that transfer portal, <laughs> then they're on that elevator going up. They, it ain't on the <laughs> elevator going down. Trust me. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, we know. Okay, tell tell Bergie that uh, um, he, he owes me a little uh, cut for all of his speaking engagements now if he starts signing deals everywhere, okay? Uh, yeah, take 10%, <laughs> you can retire. You can leave him stay in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Frank, thanks so much for joining us. We'll touch thanks, base again coach. before the season starts, okay? All right, boys. Good job. Great, great visiting with you. Have a great night. You, you too. All right, folks, that's uh, the head coach at Air Force. Uh, always entertaining Frank Saratori joining Paul and I on uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly. As usual, we run long. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to uh, just rehash things real quickly and wrap things up for you here on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. I can't.
can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Absolutely. Jesse Ray's Barbecue uh, made over there tonight to pick up dinner and uh, the smoked uh, chicken and the uh, pulled pork was on my agenda. So uh, anytime you're in Vegas, make sure you get over there. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy from the 24th floor of the Rio Hotel. Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always, out on that beautiful Long Island estate. Um, Stuck in the basement as usual. <laughs> Paul, we uh, we we got to do a quick recap. Yeah, there's the, listen. Listen, so there's no way. There's no way to do a quick recap when we get Coach Saratari on. So well, they're going to even try. We we really have to just figure out a way to get him on right at the beginning and just just or just make him the host. I don't know. Just just <laughs> really, there's there's really no other way to put it. I mean, uh, gosh, I mean, you know it's it it it's it it's an it's an easy it's an easy 40 minutes no it's an easy 40 (laughs) minutes i was trying to find the right word um like i said you get him on at the beginning and just let him go like i said make him make him a co-host maybe he's he's got nothing else to do after camps are over right uh, write the check people (laughs) write the check and go up there for those camps whatever it is uh, if you've got nothing else to do for the summer, we could just bring him on here every week and just, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and just let him go. I mean, uh, it, it's not like we, there's nothing to talk about. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I love it. How we wanted to break away to go watch a hockey game. And then all of a sudden, uh, his fire got lit and we couldn't stop him. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, yeah, I love it. Was, it was not I mean, a good he's night. The best. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, it, it, it did not end well. I don't think the officials had that good a night tonight. Um, I don't think they should have called the penalty on uh, on on the lightning on on the lightning that ended up in the Islanders' only goal on the power play, and, and Tampa Bay scored later with a bunch of guys on the ice and not getting called for too many men on the ice. So, I mean, just uh, a crazy night. But uh, Tampa Bay was a better team tonight, so. It is what it okay, is. Okay, well, it's one-one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, keep going. You got to win four. You told me that last night. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm all good. <laughs> Listen, if you'd have told me before the series started the Islanders are going to get a split on the road, I would have taken it. And I, I can't be a hypocrite. So I I hear you. Well, the one thing with Frank that that's always great is he always gets into those topics and he's not afraid to speak his mind. And and like I told him, uh, I think the best thing that I heard out of his mouth tonight was strength and numbers and it something has to happen with college hockey and, and it should have happened this year. I mean, there should be no reason why Alaska's not playing and Huntsville's not playing. And certainly Robert Morris isn't playing and they're bringing on long Island. Like we said last year, and they're bringing on Lindenwood this coming year. I mean, if there was ever a time where college hockey needed stalls and scholarships and opportunities, it was this year. So uh, by them not banding together and, and getting something done is really, 
really a black mark on the game, and I hope that uh, they're able to overcome it. Uh, it sounds like Frank's not sure. Yeah, well, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Uh, at, at some point, uh, you know, the, the the college hockey world at some point uh, tried to make it a point to look out for them, you know, for for, for everybody. And somewhere along the line, that changed. Uh, where, when, I don't know, um, but it clearly has. And. Well, here, here's what it. they need, in my estimation, Paul. I mean, the NCHC banded we need together. Frank in charge. Yeah, well, that that's a given. But the NCHC banded together as a conference, um, what, eight years ago now? Something like right. that. Um, and they, they got strength. They, because what? They got strength in numbers, and they got strength in, in unity from all their, their teams. So I don't know why another group of teams can't get together and get strength in numbers. I know – uh, you talk uh, proximity, but um, it's it's time that that they do that. They just uh, if they don't, like Frank said, there's just a number of players that are going to go by the wayside that just aren't going to get an opportunity. Yeah, and and like I said, I just uh, we could spend hours talking about it. We probably bore people half to death, but um, well, I I think if you don't talk about it, that's it's going to be an issue. No, so I don't want to not. Talk, I'm not saying I I'm not saying I don't want to yeah. talk about it. Uh, I would just like to get people on to talk about it so we don't get repetitive. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay, right. well, I got nothing more. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. The 5G and 5G Ultra Band for Business America has been waiting for. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth Arizona owned. Go to canciontequila.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Play on the ice is heating up, and so is the weather. Makes it more important to keep those drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the mask and its three valley locations, in line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at behindthemask.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Buy Burrito Express, our family recipes to your table, the place in the East Valley for great taste and great value. Buy M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night, our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And buy the NCHC and NCHC.TV. History, Blue Bloods, Upstarts, the NCHC has it, and NCHC.TV has you covered. Go to NCHC.TV and subscribe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say good night and a big thank you out to the head coach at Air Force, uh, Frank Saratori, for joining us right in the middle of camps. Coaches held hostage. I love it. <laughs> the Nunesaki camps up there, which is fantastic. Uh, I will be over at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow for uh, game two between Montreal and Vegas. So stay tuned to our social media sites. Uh, tomorrow night, we're looking at bringing on a UNLV coach to uh, talk about their new schedule release. Nice. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So Join uh, Stephen and I either 
before or after the game. We have to determine what's going to be the best time for that, but we will do that. And uh, Paul and I will be back Sunday night for uh, College Hockey Southwest Live. So that's it for me. Have a good night, night. everybody.